G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, you will be aware of the wonderful organizations like the Bible Society who have been involved in Bible translation work for a long, long time. They work together with the likes of CMS translators or Wycliffe Bible translators, as well as OSIL, that's the Australian Society of Indigenous Languages, and been working with them for so, so many years. Well, in recent times, they've completed a Pichanjara audio New Testament recording completed with 40 Indigenous readers and launched in the Northern Territory in September. And now the Bible Society is working to complete a Pichanjara Old Testament text translation and they're looking for some financial support. Let's have a chat with Jonathan Harris, who's the National Manager of Church and Community Relations for the Bible Society in Australia. Jonathan, welcome along to 2020. Oh, good day, Neil. It's great to be on the show. Thank you. Jonathan, you've got a long history with the Bible Society and with Bible translation. This is one of the more important things you can do in mission if you call yourself a true blue Aussie. <laughs> Look, um, it's actually I'm really realising some of the story only just recently. I was actually raised by missionaries up in Northern Territory. Uh, my father followed my grandparents in their footsteps working for CMS at a place called Gunbalanya in Arnhem Land, just near Kakadu National Park. And really for probably 30 years, I went off and went to university and went off and worked as a minister and then came back into this work and understanding the family's history only just recently this year. So it's been quite a journey for me. It is an amazing journey. In fact, your parents and your grandparents before you were involved in Bible translation work. Yeah, it started off quite... uh, really not as formal as that. They actually went up there in the 1930s. My grandparents were Dick and Nell Harris, and they just were trying to help Indigenous people understand the gospel of Jesus. In those days, the mandate was to actually teach people English and to effectively westernise them and look after them. But then my grandma, Nell Harris, uh, was struggling with this. She got frustrated, thinking they're not learning fast enough, and more Aboriginal people are coming out of the bush uh, as they were working there. She said, we've just got to do something about this. So she actually sat down under a bark hut with two wonderful Aboriginal ladies and just said, look, please help me just translate five sentences of St. Mark's Gospel every day for weeks and weeks, months and months. And so they eventually got the job done. So that was the beginning of the translation work there. Now that goes back to the 1930s. And in recent years, you actually found your grandmother's original documents in a tea chest. Uh, Take us around that story. Well, as I said, being with the Bible Society a short time, last two years, and then the beginning of this year, our missions uh, project coordinator, Louise Sherman, just sent a message to the Bible Society staff saying there's this new Bible arriving, the Shorter Bible, Gunwingu Shorter Bible, from Amity Printing Press in China. And I said, I think my family has something to do with that. And... um, 
they then realized that, yep, my grandmother had been the initiator of this Gunwingu translation. So I went home to my father up on a farm near Tamworth, and I said, Dad, do we have any materials? This is really something I wasn't aware of. And he says, yep, they're all stored out in the back shed. So with my sister and my brother, I go to the back shed. We find three suitcases and an old tea storage chest, and we open them up and discover all the letters, documents, correspondence, and multiple exercise books of handwritten Bible translation work on my grandmother's handwriting. We just were astounded. That's one of those wow moments uh, for people who will have an appreciation for the value of that material and no doubt so many probably tens of thousands of hours of work in making that happen and adjusting to culture and learning language and doing translation. And there's nothing like for those Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians reading the Bible in your own heart language. How do you describe the value of the Bible in the language of the people? Well, I was fortunate to be able to see it firsthand. Um, so I actually, when I heard this story, I just said to um, you know, Greg Clark and some of the executives in the Bible Society, please, you know, can I go and deliver this new, completed New Testament and three Old Testament books to the people that had done the work? And so literally on the 1st of August, I was able to take boxes and truckload of these new Bibles to go out to a dedication ceremony at the invitation of the local people there and just gift them back to them um, after many, many years. And honestly, Neil, just to see people embracing the physical scriptures, uh, the tears, the words, the phrases they use were, it's finally, finally this has come home. And oh, it was just, it was just profound, really, really special. And God is so kind. Bishop Gray Anderson said this about me. It's so kind that God has allowed Jonathan to become part of his story to come back into the story and just to see the impact of the written word of the gospel on these people's lives. It was just tremendous. You know, in a nation like Australia, there seems to be this assumption that the indigenous peoples of Australia uh, already have access to Christianity. But from my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there's only one full Indigenous Bible translation in the whole of Australia. Is that the case, That's Jonathan? Correct. So there's exactly a lot right. of work to do, it's isn't the, there? It's a Creole version. Uh, and that actually covers... A, a quite a large group of people around the northern part of Australia, so that's why they chose to finish that first, um, so it would look after those people. And it's really important to understand that in many areas, on uh, remote areas especially, the first languages of people are their own indigenous languages. English is spoken by many of them, so I have huge respect for these people operating in two languages. Many of us white fellows just only have our own English. And so Creole is the only full Bible, but then now there's actually uh, the Gunwingu and the Pichinjara New Testaments add to a total of 17 New Testaments that are now fully translated, which is wonderful. But out of 145 languages around Australia, it's still a long way to go. And uh, we mentioned in the introduction the Pichanjara audio New Testament recordings and uh, completed with 40 indigenous readers and no doubt that's all in the Pichanjara language but those sorts of audio recordings, are they popular amongst other Aboriginal groups? Well, the, the Pichanjara is uh, a large area of the centre of Australia so 
right around Alice Springs, the northern part of South Australia, a bit of Western Australia, but mostly around uh, the Rock and Alice Springs out there. They are impacting many people, and in fact, being incorporated into schools there as well. You can actually get it on an, on an app on your phone or on the internet, uh, bible.is, where you can listen, listen to this anywhere in the, in the country, effectively, uh, to the Pigeon Jar audio recording. And so it's like a, a live, uh, slightly dramatized recording where people are taking on multiple parts of the characters in the New Testament. And so I was fortunate enough to go on that dedication as well, where we actually travel around to these really remote stations like Tichikala and uh, like several hours out of Alice Springs and just... Uh, present this to local ministers, the local interested people, and to just knock on doors and say, look, did you realize the Bible's in your own language? And there's this new thing called the Proclaimer, which is uh, a small device, like a a box, which is solar-powered. And in many places where you can't get Internet access, this is uh, being provided by a group called Faith Comes Through Hearing and Bible Society. And so we just press play on that, and the whole uh, auditorium can listen to this recorded Bible. It's just fantastic. Now, I mentioned the Bible Society is working to complete the Pichanjara Old Testament text translation. How much more work has got to be done to get that completed? Uh, only a short amount of time, about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the right. goal is um, they're trying to get the Old Testament finished by 2025. Um, but we've had some challenges in getting funding for that. So that's why I don't have the exact amount of chapters or books that have yet to be finished, but... They're really well on the way, but there's literally, because of the changing of the translators, because of some people passing away, because of, um, you know, just funding effectively as well, it's difficult to finish that. So, for example, the Gunwingu version, we've got um, three Old Testament books done of that shorter Bible, so 36 to go there. Uh, uh, Steve Etherington with Wycliffe has just about finished Isaiah and Psalms. So they're all at different stages depending on staffing, depending on funding. Funding is oftentimes an issue and there'll be people who'd be assuming that somehow or other there'd be funding coming from all of our national denominations to make that happen. But of course that's not always the case. When we talk about funding, how is that funding spent? Because you mentioned there obviously has to be a translator. You have to have someone living there, learning the culture and utilising all of the modern technology and digital capacity uh, to be able to enhance the process and make it quicker. So if you're talking 10 years as a time frame, is, you know, with a few extra dollars, could you shorten that? Yeah, we, oh, it's very possible. I think it really depends on the local people because they're the ones uh, that we want them to be the ones helping us. So it's not just the white fellows doing the work. So there really is a huge need for more linguists. Um, I visited the Osceol Centre in uh, Alice Springs and they said a lot of uh, these linguists are retiring. And in fact, we need to really replenish that supply. So one way we're doing that is through the Nungalinga uh, uh, College up in Darwin. And the Bible Society is funding a translator's course at Nungalinga. And in, in doing that, we're hoping to really uh, create work for Indigenous people. That they don't have to translate the Bible. They can also work for the government. Uh, but that will actually qualify them. But for a person to learn the language, um, you have to study linguistics, then you've got to go and live in the environment for four to five years. So it's a real life commitment, in a way, to be committed to that language group. 
Well, there's a challenge there, but you never know who's listening to our conversation today who is saying, you know what, that's the calling that I have on my life. How do I get in touch with Jonathan Harris? Somebody's going to be saying that, or there's going to be somebody listening perhaps who says, I thought Australia was a reached nation, but when you don't have a full copy of the Scriptures in your language, perhaps you're on the outer, missing out, and uh, you did reinforce just how important it is for Indigenous peoples to have the Bible in their own heart language. Well, Jonathan, That's if right. we can connect I you with... We, we really underestimate this, Neil, because when people actually read it in their own language, it's like they're reading Jesus' words for the first time in many cases. And so when we took the Gunungu Bible back up to Arnhem Land... We've had people traveling just to see the new Bible, and some of them are reading literally God's Word for the first time in words that they completely understand in their own heart language. So it's, it's imagine like you and me learning Chinese. It's like when we read another text in a different language. It really takes a lot of work to process that culturally and to understand the words and the context. But then when you're getting it straight away in the way that you, you think, the way that you speak, you know, the way you communicate every day, that is very, very different. So people have had access to the English Bible for a long, long time, but this is a Bible, the translation of the Bible is making a big difference when they read it in their own language. It really is transformational. And let's not forget that in the history of global missionary enterprise, uh, the provision of the Bible into a people group has enhanced that culture and people have become literate. They've be, they've learned to read because they've been able to read the Bible. They've caught the values that God has passed on through his revelation. They've been introduced to Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Uh, Jonathan Harris, if we can connect a listener or two to you and some of the needs that you can identify as the financial concerns that can enhance the way that the Bible can be translated in all of these different uh, projects that we've been talking about. Let me point people to the biblesociety.org.au. So simply biblesociety.org.au and uh, you can be in touch with Jonathan Harris, who is the National Manager, Church and Community Relations for the Bible Society Australia. Jonathan, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Love to hear from anyone at all. So thank you so much for your support. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.